0: If you're an early-stage Web3 founder, apply to our award-winning accelerator program, Basecamp at outliveventures.io Basecamp. We write your first $50,000 check and give you access to 200 mentors, including many of the leading Web3 founders, and a network of 1,000 of the world's leading investors and exchanges. We've helped over 30 startups from 15 countries from all around the world, raise $130 million in growth funding, and can help you fast-track product market fit and, where relevant, the launch of your token economy. Okay, so today I'm really happy to welcome Greg Marlin, CEO and CTO of Edexo. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. Great to be here. So um, we describe Adexo as simplifying developing deploying community dApps and tokens Um, and the kind of mission statement as you kind of read it off your various marketing collateral is about empowering creative individuals to build great industry disrupting applications by simplifying complexity and you do that in in two ways one is removing or simplifying both kind of technical complexity but also economic complexity. And we're going to get into a little bit about that later. And, you know, you kind of do that by simplifying down the developer experience. And I know there's a big focus for you, of course, on NFTs and NFT marketplace features. Um, So reasons why I've got you on the show. Um, So I think, you know, still when people talk about adoption of crypto or Web3, people think about consumers. And of course, you know, that's ultimately where, where we want to head. But actually, first, you need to onboard more developers. The vast majority of developers are still either not aware of or not using this kind of Web3 technology that we think is really important. As a consequence, um, the business models and principles aren't trickling through into, into startup land. And equally, you know, there is this, expanding stack of protocols that people can use to deploy apps yet there's no real clear winner of course a lot of activities concentrated on ethereum but you know there are many good challenges or um, even complementary solutions coming along. And so interoperability becomes increasingly critical. Um, And to to the earlier point I mentioned, that is both technical, but also economic interoperability. Um, And you've been doing some really cool things in the NFT space. Um, I think you did what what has to be one of the biggest NFT mints of all time with about 39,000 mints in in, in two days. And you are, as a network, you're nearing towards uh, TGE. So lots of really exciting things happening. Of course, uh, you also um, went through the Outlier Accelerator, and perhaps more interestingly, you were our first um, spin out. So we're going to kind of get into the origins of that a little bit later. Um, But let's kind of Talk about you and, and your background a little bit before we get into Adexo. So, you know, you founded a few companies. You are kind of a very technical CEO and as I said, also CTO. Could you tell us a little bit about your your journey to ADEXO?
1: Yeah, that's great. I, I think, you know, it's what's interesting is when you I think about a developer not just as a technical developer, and that's maybe part of you know, being both the CEO and the CTO. And you now, having worn many hats in a company, when I think about development, I don't just think about technical development. I also think about business development, um, and how to appeal to, you know, both of those roles, um, in terms of bringing you know bring the applications uh, to market. And that that's really kind of it goes into you know how did I even get into blockchain in the first place? You know, um, ha- having been an entrepreneur in SaaS and and things like that, I you know i heard about smart contracts and how i was going to disrupt every industry like the internet and i said man i gotta get into this industry you know and i looked at it at the time and i said it seems that there's a real shortage of technical people uh, to actually you know realize the promise so i i kind of wanted to get in as a technical developer taught myself you know solidity web3js and instead of founding a company which i certainly could have done I just decided to go work for other people and really focus on the tech. Um, so I did that. I worked as a lead developer and CTO for different blockchain projects, you know, wrote smart contracts, built wallets, both for, you know, web, you know, re- using React and um, mobile, you know, for iOS and Android using React Native. And over time working in the industry, I was like, you no know, I, I just felt like we hadn't built the industry disrupting applications that... You know the, the the whole promise of why I got in there, in the first place, and um, yeah, I started to think about why that was. You know why that could be, and I thought you know one of the big reasons is what we're asking those developers to do. Now again, I'm using developer larger here, business and technical, and you know if you think about let's say any one of the many industries in the world, travel, insurance, you know, uh, industrial automation, whatever. I just think the people who are going to build those applications are going to come from those industries. They're not going to be a blockchain expert who decides to figure out how to disrupt the industrial automation industry. And and that's kind of been proven out over a long time. You know, focus on the experience first, work back to technology. So what happens to one of those entrepreneurs who, you know, hears about blockchain and thinks that they can disrupt their industry with it? We're asking them to repeat a lot of work. You know, learn blockchain, pick a blockchain, write smart contracts, build the transaction infrastructure, and you know, by the time they do all that, maybe they run out of their runway and they never got to build their, you know, the real value of the application. Um, so that's how I got into thinking about what if we just wrapped all that complexity into an engine. Um, of course, this was you know parallel into sort of getting through the you know Idexo founding story um and what if we, what if we did that and combined it with the economic which was the you know which which, which was the sort of the original incubation story couldn't we make it really easy to get up and running to build the actual value of those applications and so that that story really helped to you know do some of our initial big innovations in terms of you know, being able to do something in one line of code that took you six months before so that, that's pretty cool um, and then, yeah, now you know, running the company uh, definitely helps having the background of you know having been an operator before and growing a company from zero to a million a year and recurring revenue. I certainly have you know a, a lot of knowledge about how to you know, how to actually generate revenue and manage a company and, and do that kind of stuff. So it's it's kind of a, it really helps having that background.
0: So you kind of just uh, alluded to or hinted at. I guess, how our paths crossed. So maybe by way of background, um, I'm trying to think what year it would have been now, 2019, I guess, you know, at Outlier, we were working with any number of projects coming into the accelerator, looking to execute, as you say, at the application layer with varying degrees of technical competency Um, and, often where there was two because of the, the these things most of these protocols were tokenized there was a lot of economic complexity to that um, both in terms of a single protocol but then of course if they wanted to combine protocols because of one specialism or a feature set then uh, you know that that kind of economic complexity became unmanageable and so we we set about with a very small, but diverse team internally to try to figure out, you know, is the way to solve for this, not necessarily because we wanted to spin it out as a thing, but because we felt that um, if that could be solved for and open-sourced, that would help the industry, it would help our portfolio, it would de-risk our investments, basically. Um, and so we, we ended up with a, a proof of concept. And, you know, it's at that point that we thought, well, there's, there's something here there's a germ of something here but really this needs an operator to kind of take it to market to to realize its full potential we we ran an rfp request for proposal um and out of that process you emerged as as that person that we effectively handed that over to and and you've kind of really really made it your own now and i know that it's evolved to be something much bigger than we'd initially um, imagined it. So, um, so it's been a, a real pleasure to kind of see see what you've done with it, and, and that's also one of the reasons why I wanted um, to get you on. So let's let's kind of go into the detail a little bit more. Originally, we kind of started with this concept of a compute credit in a very basic form, and that there would be an API um, that would allow for Multiple protocols to effectively have this shared compute credit, um, but could you break out, break down now what is Idexo and when you say you simplify the kind of technical and the economic um, process, could you could you talk us through that?
1: So a compute credit, the concept is that um, you have one payment. Um, method that translate in, into any blockchain, right? So it, it, one of the tricky things about a blockchain, let's say Arweave or Avalanche or Ethereum, is they each have their own currency that is used to actually put through the transactions. So um, you know when you actually make a transaction, mint an NFT, let's say on Avalanche, um, you have to pay something for that, and that in the case of Avalanche is paid in AVAX, AVAX, which is their token. Uh, if you do another token on a transaction, like upload an image on Arweave, uh, you're using the AR token. So two different tokens to do two different transactions. And each one of those, you know, forget the technical part where you need to have a wallet and things like that. You have to procure those currencies somewhere. So most likely in exchange. Um, and they might be different exchanges. And now, furthermore, they fluctuate in price uh, quite wildly. Um, so with a compute credit, the, there's a couple of advantages. One is you, you only have to have one to, to do both transactions. So instead of having both R and, and Avex, you just need one compute credit, which, you know, simplifies your life. The second part of it is that you're providing a stable purchasing power um, so you're saying, okay, it, it will always cost you three compute credits to do an NFT on our uh, Avalanche. It will always cost you, you know, four compute credits to upload an image to Arweave, whatever it is. And so you're not, um, you prone to having that fluctuation in price. And that's pretty powerful when you think about it. Um, talking to the traditional entrepreneurs from you know Web two, Web one industries, when they find out that. Something that costs you $4 today could cost you $40 tomorrow. They're just, that's just a hard stop for them. I mean, I, they can't build a business model that way. So having a stable purchasing power and having one single compute credit, it, it, it both greatly simplifies, um, you know, how they think about transactions across different blockchains, but it also allows them to build
0: a, you know, stable business model that they can, you know, then plan for. Great. And then... Um... So, so that's that's kind of the compute credit, and I guess that's the economic part. Um, But then you say there's this kind of technical part that you're kind of solving for. Can you can you talk us through that?
1: Yeah. So it it kind of goes right. You know, there immediately there's one as well when you're talking about if you uh, if you if you you know what does the compute credit replace? It also replaces that experience of having. You know wallets because you need a special you know it's a blockchain term but you need a wallet to uh, make those transactions um and that that can be varying levels of complexity just to have a wallet and fill it with currency uh, and manage transactions and manage security around that wallet especially when it's on servers and things like that so um so certainly there's already some technical piece just there that you remove uh, with the compute credit, um, but much furthermore is the each one of these um, each one of these blockchains has its own what's called a software development kit. So they th- this is sort of instructions about how you would go about building transactions, and then you would need to build an actual technical infrastructure. Um, to manage those transactions, especially if you're trying to integrate that, let's say, into a game or into, a, you know, a, a software as a service application. Um, so you're building these sort of back end infrastructures. Uh, and, you know, that, that's very complex. It's, it's, it's a bit arcane. And, you know, each blockchain has a different way usually to describe doing the same thing. Uh, and a lot of their language is, is, is rooted in sort of blockchain specific you know, language, uh, how to describe, you know, creating a transaction. So if you, let's say, wanted to mint an NFT, there's no method called mint an NFT. It's, you know, create a transaction using, you know, this t- type of call and use this data object. And so if you don't know about how blockchain works, it's just impossible to, to really read through that stuff. So what we decided to do is, well, let's we'll turn that on its head. We'll wrap the SDKs into an engine and then provide an API and we'll actually, you know, reduce it down to ideally one line of code um, and we'll name the method exactly what it does. So we have methods called Mint NFT, you know, deploy erc 20 and So it's really, really easy for someone to get up and running you know, immediately, because if you do that, you know, here's one line of code, here's what the parameters mean, what they mean in plain English to what you're trying to do. Um, and you know, here's, here's how you, you know, download and deploy our software development kit. It just greatly simplifies it. And, and, you know, we, you know, we sort of thought we'd done a good job, but, you know, we had someone come in who, you know, our software development kit is written in JavaScript, Um, The person had never used JavaScript before. They downloaded JavaScript on their machine and used our product in the same day, like, you know, in a couple of hours. Um, So that's how we've taken something that's like really complex. And like I said, you know, arcane is a good word for it. um, And we've made it incredibly simple um, to do these, the things they actually want to do. And if you really look, you know, if you really look at, you know the, a lot of the applications that want to leverage blockchain they're looking usually at two or three key features that they want to access and they're able to get up and running for so um, yeah making that technical part really accessible then it's obvious how the compute credit comes in so because you know they pick a couple blockchains they want to work on um, and instead of needing wallets and that kind of thing they just need an api key from us and they need to buy credit and the the some, you know, one of the interesting things about that is because our compute credit is currently centralized um, and it's just sort of a database credit, they can just swipe a credit card and pay, you know, the regular credit card to buy 50 compute credits and up and running, you know. So for 50 bucks, we have a deal right now 50 bucks, 50 compute credits, 50 bucks, and they're up and running, you know, deploying NFT contracts on a
0: Polygon or all the Avalanche, what have you. So it's pretty cool. And so which, um, which SDKs, which blockchains does this work with now? Yeah, so
1: we f- we focused early, you know, the, li- luckily, you know, as, as we talked about, there was some history here. So when I took it over, there were some partnerships um, that I was able to immediately uh, key in on. And one of the, you know, one of our early supporters and where we got a lot of attention was focusing on Arweave. Uh, Arweave is very interesting. It's a permanent web, you know, per- permanent storage essentially so you upload you know a, a file to Arweave weave and it's stored permanently you know you pay once store forever so i thought that was pretty cool they gave us a nice grant uh, of you know five thousand dollars worth of tokens so Arweave was actually you know, the first one we did an integration with we made it super easy to do so, some things in Arweave, weave and then we did ethereum second and we got a lot of attention when we showed how you could um you know create an nft with the image and the metadata on Arweave and the token on Ethereum in one line of code. And people are just like, wow, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, early on people were like, you're really onto something, this is um, so needed. And and that was really encouraging that, you know, they weren't like, hey, cool project. They were like, I love what you're doing. <laughs> so that's always a good sign. Um, and then, you know, we focused on, Ethereum has some problems, right? At least it was when, while we were doing this, Ethereum was like really expensive um, and, you know, slow and all the things that, that people know. Of course, you know, this new fork could, could change that. But at the time, that was a really big thing. And I think it will probably will be for a while. Um, so we focused on, you know, the, the Ethereum competitors um, that are nevertheless, you know, EVM uh, compatible. So we focused first on Binance Smart Chain and Um you know, a lot of people started to focus around that time. So we got a lot of attention from people who were wanting to use Binance Smart Chain um, that, you know, obviously didn't want to go through all the complexity of it. Um, and then we, we've we added a couple of other ones. Um, Polygon, again, getting a lot of attention for some of those reasons. And we added Avalanche. Um, so those, we've we've stayed so far in the you know, EVM compatible chains. Certainly there's more that we could add that are EVM compatible, Um Probably next or very soon next will be some non-EVM compatible ones like Solana, which we get a lot of people asking for, and uh, Tezos, uh, which which we also get a lot of people asking for. So uh, it's very much demand driven.
0: Yeah, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see because because you are very demand driven. You're very uh, you know user focused in terms of driving features integrations. Um, and, and so in, in a way, you know, if you're successful, you become a bit of a barometer for developer attention, right? like where you're actually seeing adoption happen. Now, you also have some like non-blockchain integrations, right? Could you, could you talk us through those and, and how they're being used? Yeah, it was really interesting is
1: once, once we realized what we had built, um, you know, we, we have kind of an interesting uh, model where, if, if, you know, the transaction is just happening through an API key. And ownership of like the smart contracts I can get into later, like how that actually works. But the interesting thing about it is it doesn't need a wallet. So we said, no, we can actually integrate this into things where you can't put a wallet. And um, so the first the first obvious one was Telegram because we I was really focused on, you know, growing our Telegram on uh, your community. So I thought, why don't we try to, you know, do a thing where we'll have, we'll integrate with Telegram and we'll create a bot and the bot will be able to mint, um, you know, NFTs with a, with a, you know, with a, just a bot command. And the, and the command would happen through our users who would have to be in our group. And, that you know, and then, then we built some interesting things into the NFT smart contract itself, the minter, And we tried it. I I honestly thought, you know, maybe 200 people are going to get into this. And, um. So I rolled, we rolled it out on a you know, Wednesday, at like four o'clock. By, you know, the, by Thursday at four o'clock, we had minted our cap of 4,000. Our Telegram group grew from 400 to 5,000. It was insane. <laughs> and we did it on Binance Smart Chain, which, which you know, was, it had its pros and cons. Uh, but it was just amazing to see that, that growth. And then that became like the foundation for our community. Uh, we'll go into our competition NFT later. That was like a repeat, and and you know that you talked about it at thirty nine thousand mints and um, and that kind of thing. But we did something in between where we said, okay, we're going to add this like specialty NFT on Polygon. That's going to be you know kind of a point accelerator, um, and we're going to try it on both Telegram and Twitter. So that was the interesting. Things. Telegram was a big deal. Obviously, it was the you know world first time anyone minted NFT on Telegram. And we said, well, why don't we try to do that on Twitter? Because, you know, we want to grow our Twitter as well. <laughs> and uh, so we figured it out how, how, to, how to, you know, have it so someone could just mint an NFT with, with a tweet. And, you know, it's pretty cool tech. Um, and, and we did that. And that, you know, we got a lot of attention, uh, huge engagement, I, you know, 2,500 retweets of the tweet that kind of instructed people how to do that. Um, and, uh, I don't, I can't remember, you know, it's not very many tweets that get 2,500 retweets. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was really cool. And and I think we're, you know, when you look at, when you take the approach of user experience, like where would people want to mint an NFT? How would they want to have an experience? Um, you can really imagine a lot of other places we might put this. Um, and it was, it was actually, we were thinking about, you know how what are all the great applications that exist already games you know different set productivity applications you know these kind of things that you might want to have users be able to mint an nft within you know just with a simple click of a button or whatever and so the telegram and the twitter was actually for us kind of a demo or initially let's just show people what's possible with our platform and then now it's kind of evolved into a, more of a product. But it, it's it's interesting that, yeah, um, our platform, um, you know, can be leveraged to do some really interesting inter-
0: integrations. Yeah, and of course, it's you know, an amazing growth hack as well. Um, so that, that is re- really cool to watch. So you mentioned earlier that uh, the cloud credit was was centralized for now. And so presumably... That's going to be decentralized at some point, right?
1: Yes. In fact, that's kind of like it ties into our name, right? When we do decentralize that, this then goes back to a lot of the discussions that happened, you know, pre takeover. Uh, you know, of course, it evolved as well. So I, th- I think you know one of the key ways to do that is uh you're basically offloading risk i mean when we do the compute credit we do take a risk right um and in order to be able to make sure you don't lose your shirt you have to make sure you have a lot of liquidity that you're selling um you know in the beginning you just you better backstop at one to one um and so you're taking you know on something called impermanent risk uh, or permanent loss risk which is just to say that you you know you might you know, have some tokens on hand that you bought to backstop the compute credit um, that are now more valuable to sell on the open market than what you've you know, sold for the compute credit. The reverse of that is you might get a gain, you might get an impermanent gain. So you kind of balance it across a basket of tokens and hope you come out ahead. That can be decentralized through things like wrapping, a wrapping of a token is like you pick one blockchain, And you say, I'm going to, you know, create a version of Arweave on this blockchain, a version of Avalanche on this blockchain. And if you look at something like Uniswap, you know, they do that. They wrap a token and they kind of make it work on Ethereum. And then they have, um, you know, uh, automated market maker. I'm getting too technical now, but to, to, to trade those tokens. So you go about, you know, wrapping the tokens, you create a decentralized exchange for them and um you know then that makes it possible to do things like futures and options and things like that that are you know traditional mechanisms used to do these things manage risk create you know uh credits and that kind of thing when you actually do that what you've created is like this dex for compute because you know this is all in the purpose of gas transactions um so you know a dex for compute is like a dex for io and so you know that fits with our name IDEXO. So we're definitely going to do it. Um, I think it's a big project um, that we will definitely uh, take on you know, right after TG and see how long it takes us. Um, but I think it's going to be an exciting project too.
0: Yeah, and I think it really brings home, you know, I often describe these protocols and the kind of assets that power them as as digital commodities, right? If these are going to be the future digital supply chains. Um, that are going to enable you know, economic activity, trade, whatever it might be, then and you know this analogous like mining and gas and all these kind of terms that we use analogous with you know the the way that one would make uh, a traditional analog um, supply chain function, and therefore it's natural that you would need some kind of futures markets um, if you're going to build. SaaS-like businesses on top of all this stuff, you'd need some kind of futures market to, as you say, allow businesses or BAS providers, blockchain service providers to um, manage, mitigate risk from, from those digital supply chains. So, what next? You, you're moving towards TGE, can you kind of talk us through that? Um, and, and then you know how, how can people get involved? Yeah,
1: so we we really you know if, if we kind of have two core values, right? Simplicity and fun. So we try and make things simple. So what that what that means, I really focused on our Telegram channel. So it's really the best way to get you know involved is to join our Telegram channel, which is idexo underscore io. You know what's on our plate right now. We're doing this crazy community competition, um, and that's a great way to get involved immediately. It's fun. Um, if you join the group and ask, "Hey, can someone mint me a you know a community competition NFT?" Any any of the members in there would love to do it because they get referral points to do that. Um, and once you have one, you know you can look at you know what's going on in the competition. Um, you know what kind of tasks and challenges you can you know um, do to earn points, and then you know, at the end of the competition, August 5th, which, you know, happens to be the beginning of our IDO on a launchpad, you know, and there's plenty of details in our Telegram group about how to participate in that kind of thing. That, you know, will be the first time we do, uh, you know, some community awards. So we have a significant, you know, if you could, you can, you can look at our tokenomics, that's also, you know, well linked in our group uh, and on our website, you know, idexo.io. We have a cap of you know 100 million uh, tokens and we have a full five percent set aside for community incentives so community is really important to us uh, and we you know it's a big part of our roadmap. thinking about how we can support our community um and we've been very lucky to get some you know great community members we have some great ambassadors already um, who who promote us and and can you know and support us and and are there to help you any anyone who wants to to join so we're really working on that community competition of course there's a lot of things to do with tg um, we have if you look at our white paper some really interesting things around staking um, we're really looking at how you can st- you know for instance you can stake direct uh, generally in the project or you can stake directionally on different uh, roadmap items which sort of you know put your money where your mouth is if you want to see something happen you can stake it and enough people get behind it and you know we'll do it and then in those directions if you know does well you end up making more than had you just staked directionally if it doesn't do well you, you make less um and what's interesting about you know our staking is that when you stake um you know we generate real revenue from our compute credits from our products and so the distribution that happens from our staking is in usdt so you stake ido tokens and you get back usdt um and you know we do have some early liquidity mining as well so you can get some some ido and there'll be more details about that soon um but really focus on that staking and then when you do stake you know the ido which is you know the name of our 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 token when you stake that you get back a stake token as well and it's those stake tokens which is an nft that you use then for voting on different initiatives you can also obtain you know discounts on our products and, and and different things like that so uh, we definitely use NFTs, um, both you know our competition NFT, our early adopter NFT, and now you know, our stake token NFTs as you know badges and access to different things in our community. Um, so we're really focused on that. And then um, yeah, we've got we've done a lot with there. We have a SaaS app um, that is a great way to kind of connect with the community and and use different products. It gives life a little bit to our API. One of the things about having an API and SDK is that you know it's it's a back end sort of developer focused tool and even for developers it can be difficult and i'm talking about technical developers um, it can be difficult to envision how this might look in a front end application so we provide in our app you know front end utilities things that you, know, you can actually see it working and then eventually uh, very soon here we're going to have what are called you know drop in utilities so full you know, uh, chunks of code that you can just copy paste into an application and it's just going to work. Um, so that makes it even easier. Yeah, so we're working on stuff like that. Uh, obviously, the decentralization of the compute credit will come. You know, pretty soon after TG will at least start on it. Um, and so we have, a few, we have a few things like that. And then we're always looking at those integrations. Um, like we talked about. And as we get out outside of the EVM world, you know, we're not writing Solidity, which is the smart contract language of Ethereum anymore.
0: You know, it becomes more complicated to do as well. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of the the drop-in features. And, and to be clear, you know, that is into any application, right? So that's not just for dApps. It's like any existing Web2 application. You can You can drop in a, a bit of Web three, and I think that's that's super exciting. You know, I'm also really excited to see the direction the community takes it. You know, I, I really like the idea that through staking, the community are driving that that product roadmap because um, it's it's just a, a really smart way to make sure you've got this kind of constant product market fit. Right, you're you're, you're building directly to demand. Um, look, Greg, it's been fascinating talking to you. Um, I, I, I'm it's quite amazing to see what you've done with the project to be honest with you um it's, it's evolved so much from that concept we had you know a few years back and the community that you've built around it um by leveraging your own technology by dog fooding is, is also super cool so thanks for coming to the show and and uh, good luck with tg yeah you're welcome and thank you for having me if you enjoyed today's podcast please make sure you subscribe rate and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.